MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Alice Mattermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. This is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. And this week we're talking about... Toilets in Space! Yes, indeed. We thought we'd preface the uh, the podcast by uh, opening up with uh, some frightening bathroom stories of our own. Um, yeah. Uh, well, this one's I'm I'm generally pretty um, horrified by porta potties anyway. Yes, understandably. And uh, I found myself at uh, the Coachella Music Festival a few years back. Oh um, yes, which is, which is a great music festival. And to their credit, they didn't just have your normal stinky um, porta johns there. Uh, they also had this deal that was on the back of a truck that they, they brought in, and it was like basically like a full restaurant bathroom. I mean, it was still heavily trafficked and was, you know, kind of yucky, but it wasn't as yucky as the other bathroom. So I'm like, all right, I need to, you know, use the restroom real quick. I'm going to go on there and then try not to use the restroom for the rest of the weekend, Yeah, which is generally my, my plan when it comes to outdoor events. So I get on board, right? I, I, I go inside. I'm taking care of my business. And 
and then suddenly I'm the only one in there. Oh, and, no. uh, and, uh, did the truck start moving? Uh, it, it didn't start moving, but I heard like an engine, uh, roaring and some guy like opened the door and he's like, is everybody out? And I'm like, no, don't leave with me on board. Cause I, then I wouldn't get to enjoy the music festival and I would be dumped in a landfill somewhere or something. It, so that was a close call. Robert, I'm glad you saved that one for the podcast because that is, that's a truly amazing story. Um, yeah, I think on my part, I, I occasionally like to run races. And, um, so before the start of a marathon or a half marathon or a 10K, whatever, what are you going to want to do? You're, you're not going to want to, you know, go while you're running, not like those crazy marathon runners. I mean, I'm just what, tempted. Wait, people go while they're running? Yes. Absolutely. Haven't you ever seen that? Like the marathon? Like the serious two? ones do. I, I don't know about number two, but oh. there was that one woman. Anyway, we don't need to get into that because this is a podcast about space toilets. Yes. Um, but yeah, some of my more frightening bathroom moments have occurred at the, uh, the Porta Johns before, before races. But I would like to point out, as you did, that some of them are nice. We had Porta Johns at our wedding and they were very cleanly. Oh, cool. I would hope so. I mean, especially if they're new. That's the thing. Once, when a Porta Johns new, that's when to go. And they have that lovely air freshener scent. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about going in space. Yeah, if you're going to go up to the uh, International Space Station right now and use the restroom, you'd find a unisex facility, and uh, there's a they have a funnel that uh, fits over the genital region uh, for both men and women. There's like a separate attachment for each, and uh, you can go standing up or sitting down. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and, I mean you're going to be virtually weightless anyway and floating. It's going to be awkward no matter how <laughs> how you choose to position yourself, um, and then uh, to prevent the astronaut from uh, from floating away, uh, kind of strap them in, right? Yeah, you basically have to strap yourself down. So there are foot restraints. Um, there's a toe bar to slip, uh, uh, slip the feet under, and there's uh, even this uh, five bar that's a lot like uh, what you uh, put on when you go in uh, and climb into a roller coaster. And it's going to be the same sort of upset stomach feeling, you know, on on board the space station. So that uh, that makes sense. Um, and uh, there's no water in the uh, bowl of the toilet. Um, it's uh, it's all using air. So the air kind of pulls the waste away. It acts like the water would in a you know an earthbound toilet, um, mm-hmm. and it kind of pushes the the waste away from the astronaut's body and you know flushes it essentially. Yeah, right? there's like a spinning blade in the bottom of the um, of the of the bowl, and it uh, it like sucks everything down, slings it against the sides, and uh, like they're a centrifuge like, kind of. Huh? Yeah, and there are these like little holes in the side that like suck up the moisture uh, because that's a big thing is to separate the moisture from the solids. Gotcha. Yeah, because the moisture can be uh, recycled. And of course, you have to have some way to filter the air, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And then you have to filter filter out the air, which can then be breathed again. Um, on the uh, on the ISS, liquid uh, waste are recycled through special water treatment uh, facility, and then turned back into drinking water, um, which we'll go into a little more later. And uh, solid waste goes into a plastic bag. So, as you can imagine, there have been some uh, pretty historic moments um, between astronauts or cosmonauts, as the case may be. And, yeah, it uh, was kind of a. A, a long way getting to the modern super toilet in space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually do have an article, uh, Top 10 Moments in Space Bathroom mm-hmm. History, should you care to delve into the subject a little bit more. But let's start off with one of the first memorable moments. Compliments of Alan B. Shepard and his uh, historic first manned U.S. space flight on May 5th, 1961. Yeah, and this is, I think, the only entry, uh, that we're g- the only historical event that we're going to discuss that has been filmed um, that it, and that has been dramatized for the big screen. Uh, this is featured in The Right Stuff. Oh, poor Alan. You know, he was uh, supposed to go into space for um, 15 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. not 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 too long. Maybe he could hold it if, you know, he'd done whatever he had done or maybe drunk some coffee or hydrated a little bit before he uh, he got on the flight. 
But of course, NASA, you know, faces delays mm-hmm. and there are some technical difficulties, some weather issues. And so, you know, Alan was sitting there for four hours. That's a long time. That's right. And so he, uh, he threw in the proverbial towel and he, uh, he told Mission Control, Hey, listen, guys, I gotta go. And they said, no way. So Shepard had to, uh, had to go in a suit, essentially. But it didn't, uh, yeah, I mean, everything was okay. But, uh, but yeah, it's like they, they hadn't quite, uh, planned that out exactly. In uh, 1984, aboard the uh, space shuttle Discovery, um, th- this is really fascinating, uh, here, the, uh, the aircraft's uh, wastewater ventil- uh, venting system failed. And so it ended up, you ended up having this giant icicle made of urine began to form on the outside of the shovel. So oh, you can Lord. sort of picture it like this dagger of this yellow frozen dagger, like sticking out of the side of the, uh, uh of the, of the ship. And, um, uh, of course uh, they couldn't leave it there. Right. Yeah. They realized that, uh, that they, they started to, uh, into reentry. The, uh, the icicle could detach. It could damage the, uh, the heat tiles and then put everybody in real jeopardy. So they had to use their shuttle's robotic arm to reach out and like attack the urine sickle and break it off so that they could re-enter. It's like, I mean, this is robots versus urine, space urine. I mean, it's, it, 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 it doesn't get any more amazing than that. Yeah, the um, robot won. Yeah, the robot won. Tiles were saved. The crew had, had no trouble, um, returning, but, uh, they had to shut down the urine collection system for the rest of the trip, which is six days. Which brings me to my point. I mean, we were talking about this. How long could you feasibly hold it? I mean, you're not going to be able to hold it for six days, so maybe you just go back to more primitive methods of collection. Yeah, or you could just, you could just try and hold it as long as possible, I guess. Yeah. So, what does happen to you physiologically if you hold it? I we we looked into this because mm-hmm. I was curious. You know, it's not actually your bladder bursting so much because your bladder is this amazingly like tough muscular bag. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, more a question of the flow kind of backing up and going back into your kidneys and then uh, having all sorts of issues with disrupting uh, your chemical balance. Su- supposedly, that's how um, Tycho Brahe died, uh, the famed astronomer. He yeah, was- I saw that on the straight dope. I don't buy it. Well, no, there are two there are two different versions of this. Well, there's also a really big theory that he may have been poisoned by a rival. But the older story was that he was sitting at the at the um, the banquet table and he was having such a great time that he didn't want to get up and relieve himself. So he just uh, he just held it, and it ended up backing up and killing him. So there you go, another space connection. That doesn't sound like a pleasant way to go. So then, of course, you guys are familiar with uh, the wearable toilet, essentially the the space diaper. Babies use these a lot, right? Yeah, I am familiar with the dis- disposable kind, as I see a lot of those these days. Um, having children, two young ones. Um, actually, one of whom is almost finished potty training. Hooray! Right. So, yeah, going to the bathroom becomes even more challenging when astronauts take a walk outside the spacecraft. So what are they going to use then? They can't really, you know, just drop their spacesuit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they have to use one of these super absorbent adult diapers. And these things are crazy, crazy absorbent. They can hold a quart of liquid. And then, of course, astronauts are going to use diapers on takeoff and landing. And, um, you know, after the takeoff and landing or the spacewalk, whatever it is that you have to wear a diaper for, they just uh, dispose them in a storage area and, you know, be done with it. And as we learned in 2004, uh, with the uh, the case of uh, Lisa Nowak, um, you can also wear them if you have just a really long, angry drive ahead of you <laughs> to go confront uh, a um, a rival suitor, right? Yeah, I believe um, Lisa's rival was Colleen Shipman. And they were, it was uh, basically an astronaut love triangle here. And uh, she had some of these magnificent space diapers uh, with her. And so, yeah, she brought them along. 
Uh, I didn't. I understand she didn't actually use them, but the idea was that she brought them in case she just wanted to keep driving. And yeah, then, Lisa yeah. was always prepared, it seems like. And uh, it seems like one of her diapers may have ended up for auction on eBay with a starting bid of about $2,000. Wow. So there how about that? But I'm not quite done with this subject yet because uh, we also need to tell you uh, what the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency has uh, has been working on. So they've been working on this uh, toilet that's a lot like a high-tech diaper. Well, there you go. I mean, the, anytime uh, there's some sort of technology, the Japanese always come up with something more amazing. Well, so this one's pretty ingenious. And uh, if it goes through, um, basically, if you're an astronaut, you will never have to take a bathroom break. And that's pretty handy because you have a lot of important stuff mm-hmm. to do on uh, these missions. You know? Yeah. Sometimes, like, like literally, the, your life hangs in the balance and there's just no time. Right, right. The head. So the Japanese have thought of this, and they, uh, they've they come up with this idea for a toilet that contains motion sensors. And uh, these sensors can detect when uh, an astronaut is going to the bathroom and trigger this automatic suction unit that can draw the waste away. Okay, here's the part that I really love about this. So once you're uh, done doing your business, the, uh, the machine washes and dries the wear. And, um, and also, according to uh, JAXA, you can go to the bathroom in close quarters without any of your astronaut colleagues knowing. Yeah, that's I don't buy that at all. I'm thinking you're going to know. Like, how are you not going to look like you're soiling yourself while you listen to your fellow astronauts' conversation? I mean, unless you look like that all the time and then God help you, you must be a miserable conversationalist anyway. It would be sort of an awkward conversation. Yeah. But what do you think about the possibility for uh, future, like, infant diapers? Do you think there'll come a time where... You put on like one diaper a week, and in 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 the good way, and not in a neglecting parent kind of way. You know, just strap them on. Diaper takes care of everything, and then you know, like after a week, you're right. All right, take care of the diaper. I'm not sure how you would take care of sort of uh, some of the sanitary issues involved there. The the diaper does it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Japanese babies of the future are going to be just completely self-contained. So take us on board the Apollo and some of the horrors there. Oh God, yeah. Now this is my my favorite, and again, these are. These are your old school um, uh, space bathroom uh, facilities, and they are our current um, backup plans. So if the uh, if the modern toilet fails, this is what they may end up doing. Um, if you're going to go number two, and this, uh, then you're going to have to use something that looks uh, that looks apparently like a top hat, except it does not go on your head. It uh, basically you tape this to your backside. Oh. Yeah, and uh, and then you you poop in it. Um, but where, like, where did you find this out, by the way? Um, well, there are a couple sources uh, for this. Um, Andrew Chaikin's uh, description of, of, of this is in uh, A Man on the Moon, The Voyages of the Apollo Astronauts. And then uh, uh, aerospace education specialist Gordon Eskridge uh, also uh, wrote about it in 2009. Eskridge wrote about it in a little more detail than we're going to get to uh, here. So if you want the really down and dirty uh, facts, then uh, you need to see- seek out his uh his essay, uh, Astronauts Trained for Using the Bathroom in Space. Uh, it's a very riveting read. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, basically you, you, you tape this top hat, um, to your rear. You do your business and, uh, and then you have to, uh, knead germicide into the contents. Oh, good lord. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you're gonna have to, like, everything's labeled so it's, like, color coded. So you, like, you, you write down when you went who you are, and then later this goes back and they can, uh, NASA can analyze it to see uh, how you're digesting everything. Because it's, uh, and it makes perfect sense. It's like if you're going to be forced to use the emergency toilet and you're going to have to bag it and bring it back home, you might as well be able to, to, and you can gain a lot of 
important um, you know health information from looking at, at stool. It's that simple. However, uh, according to Shaken, uh, one Apollo Seven astronaut um, um, shared this bit of advice that you, you should be prepared to quote get naked, allow an hour, and have plenty of tissues handy. So it does not sound oh. like a pleasant um, ordeal at all. And that's just going number two. Um, uh, number one apparently uh, involves um, hooking would apparently involve on the Apollo flights hooking yourself up to this kind of tube, which for uh, the men is uh, an adhesive condom that kind of empties to the outside of the, the ship, uh, which is also sounds pot- potentially uh, horrible. Right, suction yeah. could yeah, cause yeah. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody can use their imagination on that one. Um, so yeah, uh, Apollo, uh, the Apollo astronauts really had to rough it. Uh, these guys don't know how easy they have it. No doubt. Well, so the bathrooms may have gotten better, but uh, today there's a little bit of infighting, specifically among the Russians and uh, the Americans. And they are not fighting over the top hat. They're not fighting over the top hat, indeed. So living on the International Space Station, you know, I mean, things, people get a little cranky, you know, you're in my space, give me some elbow room. Yeah, it's basically like have the bathroom. Big Brother show, right, except in space with people who should know better. Right, right. I mean, you know, we're conducting this vaulted research and these crazy missions. and Yeah, in one of the most extreme and dangerous environments that we uh, venture into. But it all comes down to petty stuff, like yeah. who gets to use the bathroom. So in 2009, cosmonaut Padalka, uh, a Russian gentleman, took that uh, universal struggle to new heights. And um, he told a Russian newspaper that the Americans weren't letting him use the uh, the bathroom on their side of the space station. Oh, burn. Yeah, yeah. So the Americans, as it turns out, were getting back at the Russians... Uh, who had started finding them, uh, for, who had started finding NASA for resources used by the uh, U.S. astronauts. Uh, and so this, they had started doing this back in 2003. So NASA had enough and they're like, you know what? You're going to find us. We're not going <laughs> to let you use the can. And, and what I love about this is that it's generally not the, the astronauts really. It's, it's, I mean, this comes down to Russia and the United States, um, you know, haven't been getting along all that well of, of late. So there's been some tension and it just sort of spills over, uh, into orbit. And, 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 and to me anyway, I think it illuminates just how petty, like it, it looks pretty petty in orbit when it's like fights over food or bathrooms, not sharing food and not sharing the bathroom. Um, but it kind of illuminates just how petty any of the conflict is, you know? Yeah, I gotta imagine that the, um, the astronauts of the cosmonauts in space aren't really gonna be arguing. I imagine they get along pretty well. Yeah. I, I would hope so. Maybe I'm an optimist. But back on Earth, uh, you know, in the States or in Russia, it's some poor slob's job to, to define these policies about bathroom use and who may use what. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's also uh, some poor slob's job here on Earth to uh, um, to get uh, budgets approved to pay for all this stuff up there, of course. Um, yeah. How much are we talking? Uh, well, in 2008, uh, NASA announced plans to invest $250 million in a space to- toilet. And, um, I imagine that went over well with the uh, constituents. Yeah, because I mean, taxpayers of the United States. Yeah, and the headline writes itself. It's like NASA, you know, wants to spend two hundred fifty million on a on a toilet while you know, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's ridiculous sounding. But um, the the toilet in question uh, involved a water processor that filters urine and makes uh, and also uh, takes sweat and moisture from hanging wet towels and makes it all uh, drinkable again and usable. Uh, so it's not just a you know. One guy uses the bathroom, and then we're out that water. Um, you'd be able to recycle it, and uh, and and it's not like it would just have uh, uses in space, like this kind of technology, right? You know, sort of like Velcro. You know, we develop it for up there, we end up using it down here. Work on a, a fancy um, water um, 
filtration system. Well, water filtration system uh, for orbit, and uh, eventually we may be able to to, uh, to reap the fruits of that technology here on Earth. Yeah, and they also said it had some uh, serious conservation benefits to the tune of about seven tons of water yearly. Yeah, and which is it, it sounds like a lot here. It's even more up there because remember everything, um, every resource in orbit has to be um, transported there at great cost. Right. So my question for you is: Would you drink the water? Totally. Yeah. yeah just I like would in too. Dune. Oh, in Dune. Yeah. Right. Dune comes up in a lot of podcasts these yeah, days. Yeah, it does. Have you seen it? Uh. Have you seen it? You, no, no, I have not seen, seen it. it. You lied about seeing it in the last podcast. That, Robert, we don't even need yeah. to get there. Because I want to tell you about the 2009 toilet breakdown. Okay. Okay. So, what happens when, uh, when, you know, your facilities break on Earth? You, uh, you call the plumber, right? But mm-hmm. what happens when a, when a commode goes on the fritz in space? It's not as easy. So, back in July 2009, one of the toilets on the International Space Station broke when it's a pump separator flooded. So it forced the uh, six uh, crew members and seven visiting astronauts from the space shuttle Endeavour to uh, share one one facility, one toilet on the uh, on the US side. Or of course they could ask permission to use the the Russian uh, facilities. Oh, and I bet that was a headache. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. So at least the astronauts had uh, other working facilities available. A year earlier the space station was equipped with only one toilet. And when that one went then it was just Bring out the top hats, right? <laughs> well, they're left crossing their fingers and their legs. I guess they're able to form some emergency plumbing uh, tricks, and they uh, <laughs> they got it back up. Yeah, I have to say that, I mean... That's stressful. Yeah. I mean, the stress of being an astronaut and then the stress of not being able to relieve yourself. Yeah, I mean, just a toilet going wrong on Earth, like in your own house. I mean, for me, that's just devastating and... And, and a little maddening. Like, it happened to us one time. Well, it wasn't our fault at all. It was like some sort of sewage thing. And it's uh-huh, like, I uh-huh. hear like a gurgling and I go in and it's just like a nightmare, you know, rising up from the toilet and then overflowing. And, and I, I almost couldn't handle it. So I can't imagine if there hadn't been gravity. <laughs> Jesus. I remember um, this one uh, holiday we had my family down. It was one of the first years we were living in Atlanta. And uh, my parents came down and my brother came down and... um we were all sharing this one bathroom in this rental house we lived in. And of course, that's when the, you know, that's when the facilities go. And one of my family members who shall remain nameless, uh, yeah, you know, he, it, the thing got backed up and, you know, there were toilets, you know, <laughs> it was just, it was, you know, and there were uh, all of our towels. We took all new towels. It was, it was bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's stressful on earth. Imagine what it's like in space. Yeah. Right. Um, one thing about, um, urine in space though. Um, is that it's supposedly uh, pretty beautiful. No way. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the astronauts' accounts have, have mentioned that uh, that uh, when uh, when urine has been ejected outside of a spaceship, that uh, it freezes instantly. And so you have all these little uh, golden uh, ice crystals that uh, just sort of drift off and they catch the, the sunlight and, and glint. So it's, it's supposed to be uh, downright pretty. I believe it. Yeah. So that's what we got. There's a there's some uh, some interesting facts about uh, going to the bathroom in space. Yeah, I'm all over that the next time you uh, have to hit the throne. So yeah, you can hit our blogs to find out what the latest uh, podcast topics are and uh, find out about such things as the wonders of the double sex chicken. Yeah, and if you guys want to send us an email uh, about space bathrooms or something related, uh, shoot us a note at science stuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? 
check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 